Today's TribCast is presented by the Texas Municipal League. Let Texans decide at the local level what's best for their communities. 1,154 unique Texas cities. Learn more at tml.org. And the LBJ Presidential Library. The new exhibit features iconic objects from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, A Prairie Home Companion, Bob Ross, Sesame Street, and more. Learn more at lbjlibrary.org. Texas Talking Ah, what was that that you said? Texas Talking Ah, gonna hoop upside your head. Texas Talking Ah, tell me who can you trust when Texas guys are Texas guys love Texas Talking Hi, this is State Representative Briscoe Kane. They don't make a best and worst list for podcasts, but if they did, you can guess where the Tribcast would fall. And now your host, Emily Ramshaw. Thank you. This is Emily Ramshaw here on the 25th of July with your Texas Tribune Tribcast, our weekly podcast about the biggest stories in Texas politics. Uh, Clearly, someone still got their feelings hurt about that best and worst list. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm joined by executive editor Ross Ramsey. Howdy. uh, Reporter Morgan Smith. Hello. And reporter Patrick Svitek. Good afternoon. Uh, We will also be taking your questions, so uh, please send them our way on our uh, Facebook page. Um, All right, so let's just start with a status update. Where are we at this point, this still relatively early point in the special legislative session? Is there like a a tally of bills passed? I expect that some moment in this we're going to say, well, the Senate's done and the House hasn't started yet. (laughs) Right, yeah. It may be tomorrow. It's kind of like that. The House passed one of the two sunset safety net bills. There's two pieces to this. And the Senate is has almost everything, I think all but two issues out of committee, mm-hmm. and all they're about halfway 20? through they're about halfway through the stuff on the floor is the he- is the head count still twenty? Is that still where we are? Uh, yeah, that's the number the governor put yeah. on it. you can kind of argue around the edges, but yeah, it's about twenty mm-hmm. and so the house is nowhere well they did the they did the first of the two sunset bills. the second Which is of all the two they sunset really bills is in committee. It was just voted out moments ago. Right. Um, and they are holding in earnest. They're beginning to hold some in earnest. Com- I like that. <laughs> <In earnest. laughs> some committee hearings. I believe actually yesterday they advanced out of a committee one of the anti-abortion measures. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, but yeah, the bottom line is they're moving much more slowly. Um, De- deliberate. More deliberate. They would tell you uh, than the Senate is. <laughs> and so, so what's the play here? Remind me what the play is in the Senate versus the House. I mean, Ross, you had this column this week about the the tortoise versus the hare. Your Aesop's well, fables resurfacing. That's basically it. I mean, the Senate wanted this special session. The lieutenant governor forced the special session by blocking consideration of the sunset bills, which is must pass legislation keeping some agencies open. The governor, with the prospect of having to call lawmakers back to pass those must-do bills, said, what the heck, and said, I'll throw in 19 other items as soon as the Senate releases the hostage. So the Senate moved very quickly to get the sunset bills out, and the governor, you know, within minutes, popped open the agenda. So adding 19 other issues, the Senate's plowed through those, the House not so much. So are we going to continue to see this kind of a pace, or is the Senate at some point going to have to slow down by default because the House isn't moving very fast? Well, (laughs) we have seen the Senate slow down somewhat today just because Democrats are attempting to slow down the passage of this legislation procedurally. I mean, we've had a full day in the Senate yesterday. It looks to be a, a full day 
today. Um, are we going to see Dan Patrick with pizzas again tonight <laughs> and an apron? We told him to expect it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Throwing yeah, them on the roof. Yeah. 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 One-time special. Yeah. I mean, so do so. what's going to happen over the next week? I mean, uh, you know, this sets up like the regular session did. The Senate moved very quickly on a bunch of stuff that the senators and the lieutenant governor deemed important, and they got to the House, and the House put them in the freezer. Mm-hmm. And didn't pass some of them, passed some of them in different form. The ratio of bills passed to bills filed was remarkably low this time. I think it was down around 17 or 18 percent. Mm-hmm. It's usually around 23 or 24 percent. Um, the House has become the stopper. The Senate has become, you know, the House is the brake and the Senate's the gas pedal. The special sessions go in the same way. If the Senate does what the lieutenant governor has said he wants to do and passes all these issues out by the end of this week, the second week of the basically four-week session, right. The House has 18 hostages in its hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, your tortoise and hare analogy, you know, in in the fable, the hare is the big loser. Does your analogy stretch <laughs> all the way to the well, finish line? Well, you know, the reason we're here is because the Senate couldn't get legislation the lieutenant governor wanted out of the House. And the setup for this is really not any different from that. You know, if they can figure out a way to get the House to move on legislation in a special session that they couldn't figure out how to get the House to move on during the regular session— then you get a different outcome. But, you know, the, the turtle won the first time. Yeah, I mean, the question is, what is the House going to do when the spotlight is singularly focused on them, you mm-hmm. know, when the Senate has passed everything? It will is... be pretty soon at this breakneck pace. Sure, things have slowed down a little bit, I think, are going a little slower on the floor than Dan Patrick would like this week. But, yeah, it looks like they could, they could still be on track to pass most, if not all, of the items by the end of this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's a question of, you know, what's going to come up on the floor, uh, you know, when that spotlight is singularly focused uh, on the House. And what have we heard from Joe Strauss? What, I mean, what are the expectations? Out of it? I mean, I, and I even saw some comments from Republicans on the House floor today about how, you know, boy, we're consi- having to consider a whole lot of local control bills for people who, you know, believe that government should begin at the lowest level. So uh, they don't they seem like they're relatively pissy over all of this. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think Strauss has shown much of an appetite in, in recent media appearances to move very quickly, certainly not as quickly as the Senate has been moving. Um, he's basically given the impression that the, the House, you know, is going to try to maybe assemble its own special session agenda, try to fit some right. puzzle pieces into this Abbott special session agenda that may not necessarily uh, fit exactly. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think that's kind of the message that's coming out of there. And Strauss has never committed to the 20 for 20. He's always said, you know, there are some issues where we, you know, will be able to find common ground. But he's never given the impression that he is behind the full the full He's agenda not there. Those pins. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. So yeah, quite the contrary. Yeah. 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 His pin just says maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Six and a half ish out of twenty. Yeah. <laughs> right. It'd be great we get an ish pin. It's been it's been funny to watch the House convene every day because they convene and then there's like Ten minutes of parliamentary back and forth. Every oh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Speaker, what the hell? Yeah. That's not a proper like inquiry. <laughs> Tony Tenderholt standing up there being like, right. WTF? Right. Yeah. And then like Eddie Rodriguez or somebody comes up and says something like, oh, parliamentary inquiry, is there a race to see which chamber can finish first? And, <laughs> right. you know. Eddie Rodriguez's office put out a press release after they passed the first sunset bill and said, well, we're done here. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, Ready um, to go to New Orleans, uh, I guess. Right, right, exactly. What has Abbott's take been on this so far? I mean, has he been expressing sort of uh, – actually, I saw, Patrick, you tweeted something that about sort of how far the Senate – or how fast he's, the Senate – He's moved, moved on to Kid Rock. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Before he t- 
retweeted about Kid Rock. He retweeted Patrick Svitek, not about Kid Rock, thank God. Uh, basically sort of congratulating Dan Patrick in the Senate. He's remained very upbeat throughout this. I mean, I, he obviously sees the same headlines about the Senate racing ahead, but uh, so far he hasn't done anything to draw attention to the or, or to uh, you know buy into the narrative that the House is moving slowly in a, in a way that's perilous to his agenda. He's so he, in his public remarks, at least for now, he's, he's remained upbeat and he's, you know, as you pointed out, he's thanking both chambers for, you know, taking his agenda seriously. I think that's probably the, the quote that he would use. Mm-hmm. He, win, uh, he wins if he loses. You know, I, they're all three oddly in a position where if you froze it right here, they all win. You know, Dan Patrick got his issues considered, fought the good fight, can go into the 2018 elections and tell voters, give me more Republicans right. like me. Right. Joe Strauss can go in and say, I we fought firm. the good fight. I stood firm. Give me more Republicans like me. Greg Abbott can say, um, you know, I added the issues important to some of my constituents to the call and tell the people on the Strauss side, and they didn't pass. And I've got $41 million, and nobody serious is running against me. I mean, they're all in a winning position at the moment. So we should just sunny die. Get back to our vacation <laughs> plans. You sound like a house member. <laughs> Uh, question from Ellen on Facebook. Now that the sunset bills have been handled, does the House have to deal with the bathroom bill? Well, to be clear, there's still one last piece in the House. There's a second the funding and final. Mechanism? Yeah, there's a okay. second and final House sunset <clears throat> bill that has to be passed by the, the full chamber. But they did make progress toward that today with the, the committee vote. Apparently the medical board pays their staff. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so do they, but do they have to, she wants to, actually, do they have to take up the bathroom? No. no, they don't at all. And actually Strauss was asked about this in an interview, TV interview yesterday. And he said, um, you know, something, he was asked, you know, uh, you know, will a Senate pass bathroom bill make it to the floor of the house? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I hope it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, I think you can't he, get much stronger right. <laughs> than that. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's clearly, you know, he opposes right. the bill. And now, you know, we're getting some comments from him that suggest he's, you know, actively rooting against it, you know, reaching the, the floor. And has the House, I don't think the House version of the bathroom bill has even been sent to a House committee. I believe it's been referred. It's been referred. It hasn't been heard. It hasn't been heard. Do you think the House will uh, will hear, I mean, do you think a House committee will end up hearing the bathroom bill? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think so. And I think there's a possibility, you know, functionally, the House does not have to vote on this bill. Mm -hmm. Politically, some of the members probably need a vote on it. So they don't want to be, go home and run in the March primaries and say, well, you guys just sat on this important issue. They can say they voted for it. They can say I voted for a different version than the Senate gave us. So if it gets out of committee... Would it get through calendars, or could that be the place where you know Strauss really asserts his will? And it depends on the bill. You know, Strauss let a version get to the floor of the House in the regular session, mm-hmm. and you know, at least as a political matter, if the House voted on the same measure exact they already bill. voted on, they could all vote the same way. Yeah. Go home, say, yeah, I voted for that. But how do you avoid a bill? Let's say, let's say the, the Strauss-approved version of this bill, which is what the Patty version in the last session, mm-hmm. let's right. say that gets to the House floor. How do you prevent it then from being loaded up with amendments that people feel like they can't vote against? I'm sure there are a lot of meetings going on about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, all right. Well, just a reminder, if you're watching on Facebook, you can uh, post comments and questions, and we'll do our best to get to them. So let's talk about the bathroom bill that is currently, is it being considered currently as we speak right now? It was on hold for a moment, but as we speak right now, they have moved forward. Uh, What are the specifics on, on that particular bill? I mean, what is the bill that the Senate is considering? So this is a bill that um, it, it gets local trans-inclusive ordinances, and then it also restricts the bathrooms that trans people can use in public buildings. Um, So it's, it's, 
pretty close to the SB6 from the regular session. So this is the about yeah. the, the strongest version, probably, yeah. that was considered yeah. last session? Yeah. And it's currently, um, you know, there's been some attempts. Dan Patrick brought it up um, first thing this morning. Um, Democrats have been pulling out a lot of um, procedural tricks to, to try and delay, but it definitely has the votes to pass. Um, it just might take a little bit longer than <laughs> than um, Republicans might like to get there. Right. I think I saw uh, Austin Senator Kirk Watson this morning had, you know, tried to throw sort of a parliamentary roadblock and basically saying he thought the bill, you know, wasn't germane to the special session. He, he thought the bill was broader than the item that Greg Abbott put on the agenda for the special session, was arguing that there was a constitutional block on consideration of some of the provisions of the bill, called a point of order on it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not completely clear from the notes our reporters in there are sending, but it looks like he got voted down. And what are the, the GOP's arguments for this particular piece of legislation? I mean, base, they argue that um, trans-inclusive policies open the door for sexual predators um, in bathrooms and that it's basically a matter, I mean, they they call it the Privacy Act um, Mm -hmm. for women and and girls. And um, there's not evidence um, behind this. And there's been a lot of pushback, um, you know, not only from Democratic senators, but from businesses. We have a um, police chiefs from all major cities who are gathering at the Capitol today. Yeah, I saw that. Um, that was interesting. I didn't yeah. realize law enforcement were coming out. Yeah, that was a, a pretty interesting development. Um, so, and it, I mean, it's really, it's been an issue that has galvanized the kind of social conservative branch of the party um, and, you know, that Dan Patrick has championed for for quite a while. I mean, how is the, the testimony and sort of the tenor of this debate in the special session comparing to what we saw in the regular session? One thing I think we've previously noted out is that the opposition, particularly from the business community, is a little more engaged in, in perhaps a more targeted and, and focused way. We've seen you know specific names show up at the Capitol, uh, engage with uh, elected leaders. I think that has probably been one of the big changes. They're obviously you know beginning to sense that the prospect that this becomes law is is much greater. You know, as long of a shot as it currently is, mm-hmm. is the much greater going into the special session than it was going into the regular session. Mm-hmm. I think that's been one difference in the. Yeah, debate. looks like business decided passive aggressive wasn't the way to go, and <laughs> right. and they've gotten. I mean, they've gotten more active. You know, the Texas Association of Business is running radio ads. I think it's in excess of a million dollars in radio right. ads. Yeah. Uh, Michael Williams, the former education commissioner, was tweeting about it the other yeah, day. This was, that was stunning to me, actually. Mm-hmm. I came in and Against talked to Ross bill. about he, it. He basically yeah, said, you know, this is, you know, basically was deriding this as not a serious issue. Uh, Mary Horn, who's the Denton County judge, Denton County is a notably conservative county. Mm-hmm. She is married to a former Republican lawmaker, Jim Horn, and she's also a successor to Jeff Mosley, who's now the head of the Texas mm-hmm. Association of Business. She wrote a letter against it, basically saying it was a bad idea. There have been a bunch of CEOs through town. IBM said, basically, here's what it would mean to expansion and future decisions by our company here. Those guys are weighing in in a much stronger way than they did during the regular session and making it harder for the people on Patrick's side of this fight to say, you know, we're not hearing any opposition. Yeah. I mean, I think the big question remains uh, is what Abbott's going to do when this all falls, the familiar script, and the bathroom bill plays out the way between the two chambers that it did during the the regular session. And so far from his public remarks, uh, you know, Abbott has not signaled that this is a priority within his list of priorities. 
uh, that you know his 20 priorities that he has for the special right. session. I mean, even um, on some of his fundraising materials, it wasn't even listed. So it's it sounds like if this bill doesn't pass, it's not going to be something that Abbott calls them back for. He's you know we've talked about this before. He's been in this position because he's never had a serious primary mm-hmm. for governor. He's been in a position of never having to declare sides in a Republican versus Republican. Mm-hmm primaries. And he can tell people on one side, you know, I put this issue on the call. I tried to get it through. It didn't work this time. And you can tell people on the other side, see, I told you it wouldn't happen. Right. <laughs> how know, is kind of covered. How is this debate, you know, I guess supporters of this legislation, one of the things they say is, look, this is about protecting the privacy of everyone, you know, providing bathrooms that are private where everyone feels safe and comfortable. How is this not, I mean, how does this not fall under sort of separate, the, the separate but equal, you know, I mean. Well, public accommodation is, laws that were tested right. in the 50s and civil rights and right. in the 60s, right? You know, mean, th- this is the objection the Episcopal Church has. Right. Um, how is this not the same as, you know, water, n- not letting, you know, black people use the same water fountains right. as white people? I mean, how, how I, to me, it just this seems like uh, the ultimate in sort of civil rights conversations that we're having yet again. That's the argument. And it's a, you know, this is a classic straight up culture war issue mm-hmm. where there's, you know, you're arguing about what kind of people and what kind of communities we're going to be. And one of the reasons, you know, one of the things that points to that is that this doesn't just say, you know, schools should behave this way or cities should behave that way, but tries to preempt local laws that are designed around what you're talking about, around public accommodation and and discrimination ordinances. Mm All right, well, just a reminder, if you're tuning in on Facebook, please shoot us questions. Um, we do have a couple questions around around education, school choice particularly, and I'd like to talk about it for a couple minutes. I mean, what are some of the specifics on on the school choice legislation that's moving right now? What has the Senate done so far, and, and what's the House likely to do in return, if anything? So uh, on Monday, uh, the the Senate passed out um, a its version of um, a private school choice program that would provide tax scholarships for parents um, with children with disabilities. And that's that's what was put on the call for school, kind of for this on the school choice issue. Uh, that's something that is not likely to get through, through the House uh, at all. I think uh, public education chairman Dan Huberty said in June when asked about this, like, look, we voted against this six times. <laughs> um, we're not, it's not going to happen. Um, the other education bill that uh, the Senate passed on Monday was this um, uh, commission that Governor Abbott once set up to study school finance. He's since expanded the call to include actual school finance solutions, and I think that's kind of a nod to the House where um, right that was something lawmak- Strauss really yeah, wanted. Yeah. yeah, where lawmakers are really wanting to kind of sink their teeth in potentially offering yeah. them some kind of yeah. bargaining chip right yeah. in the in the sort of hostage taking yeah. that believe, is in store on, yeah. on school choice for special needs students i believe even in the, even in the senate there were two republican votes against it right yeah which means you could probably stick a fork in right there. Yeah, <laughs> right right yeah. well i just you know i think Huberty's right i mean it's this is a math problem you can't get it through the house and unless you and it's become something of a green eggs and ham deal you know where they try a different version of public financing for Mm -hmm. private schools each time. You know, would you like it on a plane? Would you like it on a train? You know, and on and on and on. And this time it's the special needs students. It was um, educational savings accounts this time last year. Um, I don't know what it'll be next time, but Mm -hmm. the House doesn't like it. Mm -hmm. What about property taxes? We saw some motion on property taxes over the weekend. Uh, You know, the Senate and the House both passed property tax bills during the regular session. And, you know, this is one of those issues that... um, 
they might be able to reconcile. The Senate wants an automatic rollback election whenever cities raise uh, taxes, cities and counties raise taxes more than a certain amount, uh, either 4% or 5%, depending on which version you're looking at. The House instead went for a kind of a transparency package that Dennis Bonin put together that's actually kind of interesting. It says, you know, here's what your taxes would be at the current tax rate and your new valuation, and here's what your school district or your, Mm -hmm. not your school district, school districts are exempted, Uh, cities and counties are trying to do to you. And his argument was, if you know what they're doing to you, you have all the tools you need. Uh, Paul Betancourt in the Senate said, I like that idea. So the Senate's on with the House. The House isn't quite on with the Senate. The cities and counties that don't want to be limited are counting on the House. But, you know, every every single politician in the state of Texas, all the way up to members of Congress, hears about property taxes all the time. Mm-hmm. I think the politics are clear here. Although you have all these, you know, city council members and mayors, even conservative mayors, basically saying, saying you know, could you guys keep your hands out of our ability to sometimes we need to make split second decisions. Sometimes we need to change, you know, raise taxes for a growing population or drop it back down. I mean, this gets in the way of our ability to properly care for our communities. Well, and the argument on the other side from Betancourt and others is, you know, that's great. You should argue that to your voters. And if you're right, they'll let you do it. Yeah. Did you? Uh, no, I was just going to say. Uh, <laughs> I was your, your gasp there. I was going to let you jump in. Deep breath. Uh, no, this is the uh, one issue, too, that um, in all these interviews Abbott is doing, he's asked, are there, is there any particular issue that you're, you know, that if it doesn't get done, you're willing to call lawmakers back for? He doesn't obviously play ball on that specific question. Right. He gives some boilerplate about, oh, you know, I love them all. But then he always goes into a specific, <laughs> All my children are my yeah, favorite child. Right. Yeah. But, then he, but then he voluntarily always, always goes into property taxes. So I think by virtue of that, that tells you a little bit about how he, how he views it's this his, in the hierarchy it's his of numero issues. numero uno. Right. Yep. Perhaps, yeah. Maybe if this is the only thing that passes. Um, and so, Morgan, you have been covering all of the um, different moving parts in the abortion legislation this session. What has passed out of the Senate, and, and what do you think its chances are in the House? So in the Senate on Monday, um, there were two different um, abortion compl- or abortion reporting requirements that would increase um, increase the requirements for doctors and facilities performing abortions uh, about what they have to report, both when the patient has some form of a complication and when they are performing an abortion on a minor. Um, so those both passed out yes or Monday, and then there are two other bills in the Senate that are related to um, items on the governor's call, one which is uh, restricting insurance coverage for abortion, and another that is putting a ban on any contracts uh, involved involving public money with um, with abortion affiliates. All this legislation yeah. is quite confusing to me because, <laughs> first of all, you can't use any taxpayer money for abortions right. at all already. It's illegal in state law and federal law, so it's confusing to me why we need to pass an additional piece of legislation saying, yet again, that this is against the rules. Yeah. And also, do any insurance companies actually cover abortions? So on that first question, the... Um, State, you, you currently cannot use state or federal money to pay for an abortion, but this is broadening it to say that no state, no public money can go to an abortion affiliate. So that would apply 
really just to Planned Parenthood and just to the Planned Parenthood clinics where they offer kind of standard reproductive health care um, but don't actually perform um, abortion. So you have city, like the city of Austin has a lease that helps subsidize the Planned Parenthood clinic here. So that would be outlawed under um, ah, so that local. Yeah. It includes locals. It includes local, oh, as, got it. local as well. It's um, so it's sort of a local control bill. Yeah. Go, right? Also, yeah, they all are in some right. way, shape, or form. Yeah. And then on the second on the second question, this would this would, I believe, just say create an option for if you want to have abortions covered, you can pay a separate premium. So it kind of gives, I guess, confidence to the people who are very anti-abortion that their insurance is not in any way being used to pay for that procedure. Mm. And the reporting requirements bills are also interesting to me because there are already like really intensive requirements for reporting of to the state of um, complications in abortions. But the interesting ads to me seem uh, include like you have if you have a complication in an abortion, the facility has to or the physician has to report to the state whether you're married or not, right. uh, and the la- date of your last period. Like a lot of things. How that many are... <laughs> previous abortions you've right. had? How many previous live births you've had? Very very detailed uh, detailed information. Um, and uh, Senator Donna Campbell, who sponsored the bill, her reasoning behind all of this um, is that she feels our current data collection system is uh, very inefficient and um, the fact that we have such a low uh, complication she fi- she thinks that because we have such a low complication rate that there must be something wrong with how we're collecting data on those complications mm-hmm. I was gonna Scott, this is one of those the non one of the non-sunset issues that is actually moving relatively quickly in the House. You know, there was a, one of the bills was passed out of a committee uh, yesterday, I believe, mm-hmm. and then there are three more that are scheduled for a hearing uh, on Thursday. Um, so I guess that's like <laughs> yeah. the one bright spot if you're looking at the House. I guess issue. for yes. some early right. speed. Just a reminder, if you're watching on Facebook, you can send questions our way. Uh, we've got a few more minutes to take them. Um, all right, so let's quickly talk about the latest way that um, Congressman Blake Farentold has found himself <laughs> in the headlines. He cannot steer clear of it, whether it's wearing bunny, whether it's wearing pajamas next to some... Still the greatest political little, picture uh, of all little time. Little vixen, <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure it's still like the third image that pops up when you Google Blake, Google image Blake Farenthold. I can't believe it's I not the first one. Yeah. I, I still <laughs> feel bad for Social the woman portrait. in that picture. Yeah. I think she probably wants to move on at this yeah. point. Right. Uh, so what has he, what did he do now? He was on a, a radio show, uh, I think in his district in, in Corpus Christi uh, yesterday, and he complained about uh, female senators, quote unquote female senators, holding up uh, the, the, you know, the GOP effort to repeal and replace uh, Obamacare. Um, and then he made a reference to, uh, I guess, challenging them to a duel, perhaps, if, if they were <laughs> Wanted to a go man all Aaron in Burr South Texas. If they, were a, if they were a South Texas man, I'd, specific. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd go all Aaron yeah. Burr on them. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, she was uh, caught on a hot mic she, at a, a uh, Susan Collins, of one Maine. of these female senators he was uh, presumably referring to, was caught on a hot mic at a recent committee hearing, I guess, responding to it. Someone had asked her, did you, know, did you, see, did you hear about what he said about you? And this person said, I bet he said it because you could beat the shit out of him. And she uh, said something to the effect of, uh, he's so unattractive, it's unbelievable. Um, you gotta <laughs> wonder, I, believe I don't know she, if I can do the whole transcript. She pointed him out in the crowd and said, that's him. He's so unattractive. And then yeah. she said, have you seen the picture of him in this yeah. and, and the best part of the audio is then an aide walks up and says, you're on a hot mic. 
I get an audio ghost. Ah, she probably knew. Is this on? Is this on? I mean, it is like probably in the scheme of things, not a great time to be talking about potentially trying to shoot your colleagues. Right. I mean, given what. Uh, okay, so what's the context when that is a good idea? <laughs> right. Good, never a good idea. Right. But spe- specifically, not a good idea when one of your colleagues is still in the hospital after being shot at a. It, you know. It's just straight up dumb. I think you know d- it doesn't really survive analysis. It just—it's one of those things. Just like <laughs> yeah. he opened his mouth, he stuck his foot in, and now he's. Yeah, you know. we have these these Fahrenheit uh, blowups every few months. It I seems know. Like. I feel like I mean, what, <laughs> eruptions. Had, yeah. Haven't we had some others of these more uh, recently? Was wasn't he the one who also was someone in his office accused him of sexual harassment? Oh, there was yeah. A, a yep. keep him away from redheads was the line from his his aides had to go on redhead patrol was. That was the line that I remember from the lawsuit. Even more more recently, I think during the presidential (laughs) campaign, there was some uh, controversy involving something he said on cable TV about Donald Trump and rape. Oh, yes. What was that? I'm trying to remember exactly, it, but there was a really big blow. Oh, he, he sort of defended him. <laughs> I don't remember the exact quote. Donald Trump yeah. had said, "Yeah, right." Can't seem to. Keep it's, you know, he's uh, he's got a little bit of a threat here. You know, popping off like this. His is one of the districts that could easily be redrawn by the three judges hearing mm-hmm. redistricting down in San Antonio. It's a district that's in question, and he could be in a defensive position because of that, and in a doubly defensive position because of his own mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he could be endangering. His own self. What are the other districts that you are most at risk in that case? You know, it, it depends on who you listen to. You know, the the herd district that goes from San Antonio to El Paso is one of the districts in question. Uh, depending on where the court wants to go, you could go to Dallas Fort Worth and talk about VC's district and some of the other districts up there. Uh, the Doggett district that goes from Austin to San Antonio. Um, and every one of the districts that's attached to any of those. It's like you push down on this part of the waterbed right. and that part goes up. Mm-hmm. So it you know ripples through. Yep. All right. Well, that's all the time we have today. If you like listening to the TribCast every week, please do us a favor and leave us a review on iTunes. Those ratings help us reach more listeners like you. And if you support the Tribune's nonprofit, nonpartisan newsroom, please consider making a donation at support.texastribune.org. Thanks to Shiny Ribs for our music. And on behalf of Ross, Morgan, Patrick, and our producers, Todd and Bobby, this is Emily. Thanks for listening. Texas talking. 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 Texas talking.